It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980. Always live as well on the free Odyssey app on a Vibe Check Tuesday. The vibes are good, Anthony. I think I think we just know deep in our souls that we we got a sprint today, bro. It is a 6:15 out for us today. Uh, Georgetown hoops here on uh, on the station, so we got we got stuff to talk about. We are overflowing with topics, with things, with stuff, and we're done early, so we're just laser focused. I got it. I didn't even have like I don't know. I was having a bad day today. I we'll get to it later in the show. My my vibe check about 11 a.m. this morning was pissed. Couch adjacent. Couch gate is finally over. My wife and I have our lovely new couch in our apartment. Uh, we feel like grown adults. The delivery process to get it was absolutely miserable. So we'll talk about that fun later in the show. And by fun, I mean uh, terrorization. Um, it also, unfortunately, cost us our segment with Linnell today because normally he and I chat in the middle of the day, then we air it for you here, uh, unless the days that he comes in live, which is more on a Wednesday. So Linnell will be with us tomorrow for yet another Wednesday edition of Overreaction Tuesday. Um, But finally got the couch in, got a good workout in, and my whole day flipped. I just feel great, Anthony. I'm ready to go. I'm fired up. I don't even. I walked in today. I told you I was like, I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. When was the last time I was like this? I'm fired up too, Craig. And then and I see you dancing. You're you're getting down. You're ready to go. I like. I'm trying to, man. Trying trying to, but also to your couch. It is a fabulous and lovely couch. Thank you. <laughs> I thought for a second you were about to go. Uh, oh, no, no, I'm just glad about to go that. Chappelle show. As to your couch, <laughs> your couch. Yeah. Anthony's in there with his feet on it. Ah! <laughs> now nah, that thing is definitely it, it's really nice. Really it's nice. very. It better be nice for the pain, suffering, and expense that we went through to get yes. it. But uh, I'm pumped. We got a great couch. Look forward to getting back home after the show and sitting down on it and watching some, I don't know, some tennis at some point. But that's the Australian Open's late. Uh, and what else? Is, I'm trying to say what else is on tonight. Uh, some basketball. There's definitely some hoops on. Yep. Uh, and we will get to the huge, huge breaking news out of the NBA today. One of the most, like, on its surface, most shocking NBA stories on court, you know, category in a long time. Um, realistically, if you've been paying attention, not that surprising. But the Bucks fired Adrian Griffin today, their head coach. They're the second seed in the East. They're thirty and thirteen, and everybody hated him. So he got he got gone. Uh, we will get to that story coming up a little bit later in the show. We start, though, with a Vibe Check Tuesday where we take your calls at 301-230-0980. That, of course, is the Ace Law listener line, 301-230-0980. If you're in a wreck, Ace Law helps you get a check. You call 8888-ACE-LAW to make that happen. And we have a very simple question for you on this Vibe Check Tuesday. How do you think the search is going? And who? I guess it's two questions. How do you think the search is going? Who do you want as your head coach? I think some people got a little bit of a false sense of how quickly the commanders could hire someone um, because they hired Adam Peters so quickly. But realistically, you never were going to hire anybody until at least this week, and that was going to be determinant on how playoff results happened. And I also think it's hilarious. Like I'm going to make the whole audience smarter right now. Anthony, you ready for this? 
Everybody, notebooks out, write this one down. Any report you see that says they have a favorite doesn't know what the bleep they're talking about. I'll say it again in case you uh, in case you need to be able to write that one down and you, you didn't get it. Now, uh, this is, of course, a facetious imaginary thing. If you are driving right now, please keep both hands on the wheel. I think you can remember it. If not, the show is podcasted. You can go back and listen to it later. Uh, we're, we're at 4.08 right now. Uh, you can, you can, we're, we've got a little bit of a late start. Uh, I think, I think we didn't do anything, did we? Doc and Russell ran a little late. Yeah. Okay. I mean, fine. Just, yeah. just, so we're probably about six ish minutes into the show. Um, if you need to go back and check this later on the podcast, but we're going to write this down, Anthony, everybody all in together. Now, any report that says they have a favorite is not real. It is people chasing clout. That's why it's coming from bloggers and people that don't have real sources as opposed to John Kime and Nikki Javala or Ben Standig or the people that actually Adam Schefter, like people that either cover the league or cover the team. That is just not possible because they haven't interviewed the people who are the actual favorites. So, yes, they have a list of favorites. They have the people that they've interviewed uh, virtually, which were more getting to know you than, hey, we're going to sit down and get on a whiteboard and do all the head coachy stuff. Like, they did an initial round. Out of that round, they probably do have some favorites. But the idea that it's a done deal, Ben Johnson's the guy, is really hard for me to buy when they haven't sat down and interviewed him in person yet. They haven't done that with Mike McDonald either or Aaron Glenn, Johnson's counterpart, the defensive coordinator in Detroit. Now, at this point, they have done that with Raheem Morris. They have done that, uh, or at least, I don't know, I can't remember uh, off the top of my head which ones are today, tomorrow, Thursday, but like by the end of this week, they will have done that with Raheem Morris. They will have done that with Dan Quinn. They will have done that with Eric Bieniemy. They will have done that with with some of the other people that are available to Bobby Slowick, uh, I think, has his second interview, uh, his in-person interview today. But until next week, when the commanders have now scheduled to talk to Mike McDonald on Monday, the 29th, a week from yesterday, uh, or they, or and they have flown to Detroit, to talk to Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn in person in Detroit, it's really hard to have a favorite. Because the interview matters more than people want to give it credit for. This is the thing that I I just, I think people are messing up right now. And I talked about this a little bit yesterday. But people... Like, the the chips are changing right now in terms of who, who we're... Who's in front? Who's the favorite? Who's the leader? Not based off what's happening on Saturday and Sunday. Not based off what's happening in these playoff games. It's happening, or it's changing based off the interviews. The resumes are what they are. They've had full season 2023s. They've had full seasons, period, for most of these people in their their current roles and possibly a decade plus of other work. That's the resume. One more playoff game ain't going to budge one way or the other. What's going to move this is the interviews. And those have started to happen, 
but haven't really happened yet. So when you see some random random Twitter account saying, a source told us that Ben Johnson's the favorite, hate the algorithm that gave you that very dumb tweet, and if you follow that account, unfollow them immediately because they're full of crap. So now that we've established thems as the ground rules, uh, and we know that, yes, for sure, Ben Johnson is a favorite, duh, but that it's not this done deal that uh, some some social media accounts are reporting. Um, very simple question on the phones, 301-230-0980. Who you want as the head coach, and how do you think the search is going so far? Our Vibe Check Tuesday with your calls starts next. Sometimes I look at the call screener and just go, this is about to be fun. It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Simple question on a Vibe Check Tuesday, 301-230-0980. Who you want as the commander's head coach as we are now in week, what is this, two, three of the search? I guess technically in week three. No, week two. It's technically been two weeks, and we're heading into the third because we've right. been we've searching two since. complete weeks. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, just a reminder: like, if they wind up hiring someone who plays in the Super Bowl, uh, we're looking at like a Valentine's Day hire. Just, just so everybody's on the same. Like, that's what happened with Steichen and Gannon last year. Um, that's lovely. Yeah, reunited. Match made in heaven. Yeah, we got some fun with that. Keep writing those down. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, let's do it. Uh, 301-230-0980 is the phone number. Uh, let's start off with Lap. Lap, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, Craig? Man, I, I, I want Eric Ben to be, man. I, I like this guy, man. He make you want to, you know, be accountable. He wants you to be your best self. You know, he make you run through a brick wall, man. And um, he challenges his players, man. And it's okay to, you know, be a little tough, man, because the guys here in the building was too comfortable. You know, that's why they complained about, Ron, um, you know, Eric being a because Ron, he, he, he let them do what they want to do. You know what I'm saying? And you you, you can't do that. All right, man. let me ask you, you a know, question. Gotta be let, me, let me ask you a question. Because yeah. I, I don't disagree, like, factually with a lot of the stuff that you're saying, um, that there was too many yeah. people that were too comfortable, that – um, Bien-Ami, I think Bienemy cares immensely about his players, his people, um, and and there's been just too many players that have come out and talked about that who care about him a lot and, yeah. and speak highly of him. But what did Eric Bienemy come here to do? He, I think, he came here to be in a better position, of course, than he was in Kansas City by also, doing what? I think low key. Being a uh, assistant head coach and an offensive coordinator, something he's never done before. Right, also, and how? Here's my question. He's in a position to be a head coach too. How? How did? I think, here's my question. How'd that go? Yeah. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't go as, as well. But I mean, you can't blame the entire fault of the team just solely on him. Right, know? but just because it it wasn't it all was, his fault doesn't mean that he now gets to be the head coach. Like he didn't do a good job. Well. Well, I still think he needs to get a, a opportunity to for to what? This ain't a charity. For it. It, huh? This ain't a charity. Well, this is based on 
Well, you because you're looking at it one-sided, though, Craig. You're looking at it based on what he did here. You're not looking overall his whole overall knowledge, his football IQ. He played the game. I so you know did a lot his, of these other guys that are candidates. Like a lot of the yeah, stuff you but, just said, you I could mean, talk about. You could say about Ron Rivera, who they just fired. Yeah, but it's 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 been for years that you know Eric Bieniemy be, should be a head coach. A lot of people say that. Now it's like, oh, we're looking at one season with the Commanders. It's like, oh, he shouldn't get an opportunity. Come yeah. on, man, he, that's crazy, man. Like it's not you. You what? You what has he done? The track record of the people that's well, Craig. You got to look at the track record of what people are doing now. They're building off of success, and they're getting credit off success from what they what other head coaches are because they're trying to get an opportunity too. So you can't say he's not well deserving because of you know what I'm saying what he did in one season with with this team and he's been around his business for a long time like the the whole point lap we got we got some other other folks on hold I appreciate your call and you know I've talked about this before with EB and it's pretty simple he came here to prove that he could make manage an offense coordinate build something whatever without Andy Reid and he was not set up in a very good position but he ultimately made that decision. He was like, "This is worth it for me. I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to Washington." And he had more power. I heard Kime say this today on his podcast. Eric Bieniemy had more power as an assistant head coach in Washington than anybody since Marvin Lewis when Steve Spurrier was here. And from hearing Kime tell stories of the Spurrier days of what it was really like behind the scenes, Marvin was the head coach. Spurrier was kind of the the quasi offensive coordinator who was up on the hill watching practice from above, uh, practicing his golf swing. Marvin was actually the one running everything. So yeah, Marvin had a lot of power, especially on the defense. But as an assistant coach, it wasn't there wasn't some mandate to get to, to make Sam Howell pass the ball all the time. Eric Bieniemy wanted to do that. Eric Bieniemy just took a young quarterback. This year, with 19 passes worth of NFL experience, and made him the highest attempt guy in the NFL. That is not someone who you look at their resume and go, "Yep, sign me up as the head coach for a number two pick coming in next year at, at quarterback, most likely." Absolutely no way. Yes, he has had a ton of success. Yes, he's really smart, but this is, there's no such thing as deserving a job. And specific, specifically right now, like, I'm going to take that back even. There is such thing as deserving a job. And I think based off his resume in total, Eric Bieniemy deserves a shot at being a head coach. I don't think that's a false statement. However, if I'm looking at it from the team side, I'm not interested in him because he's not the number one option. If I want an innovative offensive mind who's got a proven track record over some period of time, like Ben Johnson's two years uh, in Detroit, pretty darn good uh, with less talent than what Eric did in Kansas City. And by the way, you know, those Kansas, like if we want to parse it out, it's pretty easy to look at Kansas City and go, hey man, yeah, you were great. You just put the ball in Mahomes' hands. Patrick Mahomes is maybe the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. And so I'm looking at it for Washington as, hey, finally, we're the one that people want to go home with. We're the, we are the best. 
option on the market. Why would I why would I have to give EB a job because he quote unquote deserves it? This isn't a charity. This is the NFL. It's ruthless. And yeah, he's now interviewed for 17 head coaching jobs. Maybe there's something in those interviews that tells people, I don't know about that. Maybe those people are racist turds. Also possible. It's the NFL. Wouldn't be the first time. But the results are what they are based off of last year. He came here to do it without Patrick Mahomes, without Andy Reid, and he failed the test. If this was the test, he failed. You don't get to fail and get the job. That nixes the deserving thing. Stop doing the EB thing on those grounds. I'm not saying he's not smart. I'm not saying he's not a good coach. I don't even know that he wouldn't succeed 100%. I think there are better options that are more likely to succeed and more likely to succeed at a higher level. And... You can build with over time because they don't irritate people with the same frequency that Eric Bieniemy does. And maybe some of those people that says more about them than it does about EB, but it's a tale as old as his career. So why deal with it if you don't have to? It's just suboptimal. Go for optimal. That's the point. Uh, last call for this segment, but we got plenty of more time to take some calls for the rest of the hour. So if you're on hold, don't go anywhere if I don't call your name. 301-230-0980. Let's go to Gary. Gary, thanks for calling. You are on the Hoffman Show. Uh, thank you for uh, taking my call. Uh, follow up on what that last caller said. Uh, EB would not be my first choice, okay? Um, only because I think there are probably greener pastures out there for him. Um, he, took, he gambled on himself. What I like about him is he gambled on himself. Nobody would have told him to take this job with a fifth-round draft choice um, as your quarterback and trying to propel yourself to a head coaching job. He gambled on himself. Why do we want gamblers out. as a head coach? Um, well, not, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not saying I want him, okay? I'm That's saying, but like I'm that saying. shouldn't be a positive point on his resume. No. I want no, judgment. He gambled on himself. He No, he gambled on himself. Sure. He said, I can go in here and I can do this. I, I appreciate that. Okay, you sure. gambled on yourself. Okay, that's why you have your own your own show. Okay, I appreciate that he took that because this was not a desirable job. Okay, when he took it, it wasn't. All right. So what I'm saying is for that caller, I think Eric Bieniemy could do the same job in Detroit that Ben Johnson's doing. I think he could have done the same job that this Slowak guy who just all of a sudden is becoming everyone's darling after one year. Okay, that's the frustration that people have when people are talking down EB because these guys instantly become head coaching candidates after one or two years, and EB like, has been bouncing here's, around. Here's, here's the thing, Gary. Years. Like I, You can rewind the tape to the spring, and when Eric signed here, I was as vocal and, by the way, as straightforward as anybody on some of the reasons why Eric Bieniemy had not been a head coach and why it made absolutely no sense based off of his resume. However, to say that he could have done the same job that Johnson did in Detroit is just incorrect based off the data available. What Johnson did specifically the in Detroit, the, the tape, available? the tape doesn't lie. He, what, what's the tape? Um, they got better running backs. They have better running backs. They have Detroit. better design. Okay. They have a better cohesive game plan. 
They have ways to get their playmakers the ball. All the stuff that everybody called in about all year about this offensive failing, Ben Johnson does it arguably better the last two years than any other coordinator in the league, Kyle Shanahan included. But he's got great players. He's had underrated players there. Okay, okay so you got, got great players here like Terry McLaurin that just had the worst season of his no, career. No, 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 no. The stats don't tell us that. What do the stats tell us? That they get no separation. No one, people are glossing over that. Okay? The, the fact is, our receivers don't get any separation. That's not scheme. That's you lining up against your guy and you're beating your guy. Oh, but it is and scheme. they don't do it. It is scheme. Because it, within no, the numbers of no, average no, separation, saying, Gary, hold on. If you're going to make a point, you're going to let me counter it, or I'm going to hang up on you because that's how this works on the radio. So, some of those numbers are averages, right? That average yard separation, yes? I guess. I take your word for that. Okay. So, when a coordinator schemes open a receiver and they're open by 15 yards based off a win with the pen, with X's and O's, that goes into the average, yes? It goes into the average, but it also goes to the talent of the player. Sure. Okay. But there are times... Samara is better than Terry McLaurin. I don't disagree okay. with that, He's with with the season McClellan. that Amon Ross St. Brown just had. They have a had. better tight end. Sure. They have a great tight end, a young tight end. They have two great backs. And okay. what does Ben Johnson they do? They have a young stud What does Ben receiver. Johnson do? What, 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 what I'm saying, I think I think EB could do the same thing. But here's a, this need to hear another. I don't want EB as the head coach. Okay, but I'm just telling you, that's the sensitivity that people have. Well, people, people need to stop being so TV. sensitive about this and actually watch the tape no, and can't. stop going with feelings no, no, people, and start going no, with actual no, no, information. No, because they see they see in the NFL, okay, what has been historically a racist league. One thousand okay? percent. blame people. Yeah, but what I'm saying, I'm trying to give you some perspective on why people are, are in EB's corner. Okay, you're, I don't, saying, you're looking at it objectively. I know yes. what you said. I know what you said a year ago. You went EB's corner. I'm not. My 100%. frustration is not with you. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to explain where that caller is coming from. Is why he wants. He said, "Look, you guys are looking at one piece where this guy has not lived up to expectations, and that washes away and gives credence to all of these other opportunities that he didn't get." That's the frustration. But what I wanted to say oh, is... Hold on. Uh, Gary, I, I promise I'm actually going to agree with you for one second. And, I, and then I promise, even though we're over time, I'm going to let you get to your main point you called in with. I'm really glad you said that because that is good perspective and I should have been more sensitive to that. That that was very well put and I appreciate you for saying that. So thank you. Okay. I, I appreciate that. Um, but what I want, and I think what's best for Washington, is getting somebody that's proven, okay? get uh, You're not going to get Belichick, but, they, but Rabel and Quinn are out there. And and what there you can take all of these hot shot coordinators and you look over the history of time, there have been no bigger more disappointments than hot shot coordinators. These are two coaches that have led teams to playoffs. When they sit in that seat, they know how to be a head coach. They they've led teams to playoffs. Dan Quinn should have won a Super Bowl. Um, you see what he's done with the Dallas defense. The Dallas defense is one of the worst ever. A couple years ago, he takes over and he gets him in the top ten immediately, I think he's a leader, and I think Vrabel, um, the only thing that scares me about him is he may have some ego issues, but he knows how to coach. So that's what I think Washington needs. is somebody, not a gamble, but they need somebody who has done it before and, um, and, and can immediately take over that seat and lead men. That's what I want. 
So all right, Gary, thanks for yeah, the call. I appreciate your time. Yeah, right, absolutely. I, I appreciate your call. Um, and he made a good point about why people are sensitive to EB. I just at some point the data available has to override the sensitivities, and I just I hope that people can realize that it, it for EB like I I understand like hey it's not personal, and then if it's about you, it feels personal. Um, I had a Twitter interaction like that today where I had to check myself. It's much less serious, like it's a Twitter interaction. Craig, get over it. Um, but like, you know, you have this this moment where someone's like, "Hey, it's not personal. It's just the way you're doing your job." And it's like, you know what? That's that's fair. The way Eb did the job, he doesn't deserve to be the head coach here. It's just it's just not. And I think that eventually, too, we have to do. We we should be skeptical on the grounds that Gary was talking about, along racial grounds of the discrimination that's happened in the history of the NFL to what's going on or what's happened to Eric Bieniemy over time. But also, when 16 and now 17 different people interview you and go, eh, I don't think so. Is it maybe because the guy doesn't... Like, I, I've, I spent the first segment telling you, or telling everybody, that the interview is the most important thing, not the resume. The interview is more important than the resume. He's interviewed now 17 times. The resume is good enough to get him in the door. The interviews are not good enough to get him the job. And by the way, this year, now, the most recent thing on the resume is one of the worst things on the resume. It's not going to help your case. As for the leader, hotshot coordinator thing, I'm looking at the head coaches in the pre- most previous Super Bowls right now. Sirianni, Andy Reid. Sean McVay, Zach Taylor, Arians, Andy Reid, Andy Reid, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Bill Belichick, Doug Peterson, Bill Belichick. Like, and even, you know, you go back to Belichick versus Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn was a hotshot coordinator three years before he made the Super Bowl with Atlanta when he was with Seattle. So, the, yeah, it's not a hotshot offensive coordinator, but most of those guys have turned into really good head coaches recently. Like, the guys off the McVay tree have generally done, and the Shanahan tree have generally done pretty freaking good. Those are the guys that are coaching this weekend. So, uh, Vrabel, Vrabel's interesting to me, but I don't trust him to build an offense uh, because everyone off the Belichick tree has been a disaster offensively. What's his network like? Who's going to be his OC? And Quinn, like, once Kyle left, really wasn't that good. I do think he's a dynamic leader of men. I actually wouldn't be that mad at Dan Quinn. I don't think he's the best option, but... Um, and I also think he's been introspective and learned from that first time through in Atlanta. But like to pretend like they, because they've failed as head coaches somewhere else, that they're better suited than someone who hasn't failed yet is not exactly logistical to me. I feel like at this point, Anthony, we should just keep going and then I should double break. Yeah. Okay. Let's keep going. Uh, let's go to uh, Nelson. Nelson, thanks for calling. You're on the Hoffman Show. Hey, Craig, uh, thanks for taking my call. You got I it. appreciate it. Love your shows. Love you even on YouTube more. Appreciate that. Who do you want to be the head coach um, of the Commanders? Got to be Johnson. Got to be Ben Johnson. Um, I was watching Hard Knocks um, over the weekend. A lot of people might not have realized that, but you can still get it if you got some type of streaming service. Yep. My God, that the, the coaching staff that he's coming from fires you up. And if you were on that staff, and I'm somebody on your show mentioned something about leadership a few weeks ago, leadership is not going to be an issue with this coach. There's no this this guy can coach from, from the turnaround that they did in two years, turnaround that they did offensively, 
You know, I, I, I like the way he's going to bring fire to this team, hopefully, if he's given the opportunity. Because he, he's going to get his – wherever he goes, he's going to have a fired-up team mm-hmm. offensively. And I think he's going to have a fired-up – you know, you got not only – he's going to be the coach, so you got to have a quarterback coach, offensive coordinator. And hopefully, I'm thinking that we can get the quarterback coach from Detroit. You know who that is? Who is? Uh, I'm trying to remember who's the QB coach right now in Detroit. Actually, used to be the quarterback here. I can't. Remember. Oh my God! Play for Jacksonville. Oh, Brunel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brunel. Yeah. So I'm hoping if he can get you know him to come along, that would also would be a great hire to go along. Totally agree. On offense. Nelson, I got, I got a bunch of calls stacked up, but I appreciate you listening and watching us on YouTube. Thank you, man. Um, and, and to that point, there's already some stories out that Hank Fraley, the offensive line coach in Detroit, would be the OC under Ben Johnson here, which would be a phenomenal hire. He's one of the best offensive line coaches in the league. That's a position where the commanders haven't really done well since Bill Callahan left. And even Callahan, he's an amazing O-line coach, but it wasn't exactly a perfect fit with the offensive coordinators here whether that was Sean, Jay, Kevin, like those guys didn't always see eye to eye and that marrying of the pass game and the run game that is so essential to what Ben Johnson does offensively, like would automatically be there if Johnson brings Haley or Fraley, excuse me, with him. Um, So that's really exciting. And And I also think like talking to people who have, either talked to Ben Johnson or been around him. Like, the dude's a dynamic leader. Just because you don't see it and Dan Campbell overshadows that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. So I totally agree with the leadership thing. And I also think that there's been, like, some revisionist history on Jared Goff that's super weird. The three years between Goff making the Super Bowl and Ben Johnson taking over as the OC were bad years for Jared Goff. Like, his last year in L.A., He was 20 touchdowns to 13 picks. They won nine games. They went to the Super Bowl. Belichick destroyed them. They had two bad years, and Sean was like, oh, you got to upgrade here. Like, if we want to win the Super Bowl in L.A., which was the goal for the franchise at the time, we got to do better. Goff's not growing the way we want him to. So they punt on Goff. They get Stafford. It works out for both teams in the end. But the first year, Anthony Lynn is the coordinator for Dan Campbell. Goff was not good. He had a QBR of like 39.5 for the season. Ben Johnson comes in as the OC, and Goff's damn near in the MVP conversation. They've been one of the best five teams in football for a year and a half. And their offense was good early last year. Their defense was abysmal, which is why they start, and they lost a bunch of one-score games and started like one in seven, and then dug themselves out of the hole and damn near made the playoffs. So like Johnson's he's impressive. And the other thing I like about Johnson, he's coach quarterbacks and he's coach tight ends. Dude knows football on all levels, run game, pass game, everything there is to know about offensive football. And he knows how defenses want to attack you, which makes you a better head coach. All right, let's go to Bob. Bob, thanks for calling. You're on the Hoffman show. Hey, thanks for having me guys. You got um, it. First off, no disrespect to Eric Bieniemy, but the two places I think he's known for his best coaching job, he arguably had the best players at the position ever in Patrick Mahomes and AP. That is also true. Um, now, I personally like Bobby from the Texans as a quarterback. Um, I mean, as a court head coach, because 
Last year, he took the number three pick. I wonder what he can do with the number two pick and stabilize that position. Um, yeah. But I do believe it has to be an offensive-minded an offensive coach to grow with that quarterback. We're going to take a number two. All right, Bob, thanks for the call. I don't disagree with that him as being super intriguing. You know, we had Nick Wagner, uh, who covers the 49ers for ESPN on the show like two weeks ago at this point, a week and a half ago, uh, when they hired Adam Peters. And I asked him about Bobby Slowick, and Nick – Talking to me about Bobby Slowick reminded of me talking to other people about Sean McVay back in 2016. Like, you just, there's something special about that dude. And yeah, he did work really well with the young quarterback. Also, that young quarterback is a freaking dude. Like, that guy, CJ Stroud, is sick. And to Eric Bienemy's credit, like, I think some coaches could coach anyone, and some coaches are kind of designed to coach super elite players. Like, some coaches are are the kind of guy that can get the absolute most out of a Patrick Mahomes. They can squeeze it, but you put him with with someone like a Jared Goff and it's like it's it's a disaster. And I think Bienemy might be one of those guys that like yeah, he's a perfect fit in Kansas City with the type of personalities that they have there. And it doesn't mean it's the only way to do it. Um same thing with Adrian Peterson. But like Adrian Peterson was an alien. There was no such thing as working Adrian Peterson too hard. If you if if they can draft an alien at number two, great. EB is kind of appealing then. That's why I said like EB going to the Chargers with Herbert, kind of appealing. But what you're more realistically going to get to try to build a team in the model of the Niners, of the Lions, of a lot of these teams that didn't hit the the grand slam at quarterback. I think someone like a Ben Johnson is is a is a better safer pick or a Slowick or you know one of these guys that has a a, a more experience working I would say on that level. Um, last but not least, let's go to Drew in Rockville. Drew, thanks for calling. You're on the Hoffman Show. Hey, what's happening, Craig? What's up, man? Appreciate the call. All right, so my my number one is uh, Mike McDonald. Uh, that's my number one, and then number two for me would be Ben Johnson. Um, I want to throw something in, in quick when it comes to EB. Yeah. Uh, EB did not help himself with the lack of balance. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an EB fan, um, but, you know, that, that is true, is that he did not help himself with the lack of balance. But I, I, we also have to stop pretending, um, you know, some of us, um, that guys were never open. Um, I mean, several times each game, even when Sam had good games, um, there were guys open that Sam missed. 100%. I mean, that, that, happened, <laughs> that happened quite a bit. Um, so, you know, so we could get into semantics when it comes to separation. And, yes, some of that is scheme. Uh, you know, but even, even with that, you still have several times during the game where Sam just flat out missed someone. And you can also tell with Sam, Sam kind of made up his mind, okay, let me let me get it over here to Brian Robinson real quick. Let me get it to Antonio Gibson real quick. Let me go to Logan real quick. Instead of waiting for, um, you know, Dotson, that extra half second for Dotson to get open, um, that extra half second for Terry to get open. That happened a lot this season. So 100%. it wasn't this, you know, this horrible coordinator. It's just that the lack of balance is what hurt him. And, and Craig, there – there, it, this stuff probably with the offense would have been a lot different if if um, if Ron didn't undercut Eb, you know, in in the beginning with the 
guys are going in talking to him and this, that, you know, in meetings and all this other stuff. I think I think the offense probably would have functioned a lot better if EB had that proper backing from so, Ron. Drew, I would say this. I I don't know whether you're correct on that or not. I think a bigger factor is I think the offense would have functioned better if EB had been able to hire all of his position coaches that he wanted. I think that's a and, way and I, bigger I deal than like Ron saying something in the media that I don't really know if it was a big deal. I don't know that it wasn't a big deal, and maybe for certain guys it was. Some guys just never really respected him, and other guys did. Like I don't know what kind of mixed bag that was. But ultimately, the inability to like teach the offense at a high level to get the level of execution you need to win in this league is on some level, of course, a reflection of Eric, but also is a reflection of the position coaches, many of which he didn't get to hire and probably would have replaced if there wasn't a spending exactly. freeze from ownership because they were in the dumbest season in NFL history. And, and this is why it's insanity to behave as if the man could never be a head coach and be a functional one. Right. <laughs> I mean, but if he has to, his people. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Mahomes is up there saying, man, this guy made me a better player. This dude, this is a whole for thing. sure. But like you said, who are your two top candidates? McDonald and Johnson. Like you would still, you know, like not EB, like it's not really about EB. It's about the fact that there are better candidates than EB. And just because there's familiarity and he was here doesn't mean he gets to jump the line of those better it, candidates. I, 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 listen, I wouldn't puke if EB was the head coach. You see what I'm saying? I, I'd Fair okay enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, Drew, I appreciate the call. Thank you. All right, uh, that will – well, shoot, now we're even late on the, the second one. So we'll come back. We'll wrap up the hour. We might have time for one more call. Uh, but then Michael Phillips will join us coming up at 5 o'clock here on The Hoffman Show. Wrapping up Overreaction Tuesday here on The Hoffman Show on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. A lively hour of radio. We only have one more after this, and then a slight 15-minute segment. Uh, is Georgetown Hoops tonight at 6.15 here on the Team 980. So overreaction Tuesday. One more call. Got time for that in 30 seconds. Uh, then Michael Phillips at 5 o'clock. Uh, and then we'll do some of the NBA uh, news of the day. Adrian Griffin fired in Milwaukee. Crazy story there uh, after just 43 games. We'll talk about it coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. A little take command niblet as well. So lots still to come here on the show. All right. Let's take one final call here. Let's go to Ray. Ray, thanks for holding. You are on the Hoffman Show. Hey, Greg. Just wanted to make one quick point. I think for me, the top two choices are, number one, uh, Ben Johnson, particularly if we're likely going to be drafting a quarterback. But I think my 1B, I think it's a little bit closer, at least for me, would be Raheem Morris, uh, mainly because he's got experience on both sides of the ball. And if you want to talk about a guy who is connected into those coaching trees, um, I don't think anybody better. And, you know, coming on the heels of a uh, Rivera tenure, he's a guy with incredible charisma and can potentially really help in changing the brand of the commanders. And that's all I got. No, Ray, it's a great call. And actually, those are my top two as well. I would say McDonald is, is either 1C or 3. Like, I'm very intrigued about Mike McDonald. Um, the way he uses and deploys his defenders is like that's a super talented team but the whole point is to get talent um you know maybe you don't want to be reliant on it and I think that's like the criticism of the enemy is like yeah he's coached some incredible players and helped maximize them 
uh, whether it's Adrian Peterson as his running backs coach or Mahomes is is a quarterback. But those guys are at a level that you you might not ever get the draft, no matter how many times you you take a top ten pick or whatever. Um, can you get like the really good players? The Amon Ra St. Brown's a fourth round pick who's got a very particular skill set that is maximized. Can you take a guy like a Jameer Gibbs and make sure that you know? Oh, he's overdrafted. Not in Detroit, he's not. They know how to know how to use him. And I think Raheem Morris is a guy that has shown some ability there as well. And and to get back to who I was talking about, Mike McDonald has shown an ability to take Roquan Smith, a flawed but excellent player. Um, flawed, you see it in Chicago. Excellent, you see it in Baltimore. Patrick Queen wasn't like a home run best linebacker or one of the best linebackers in the league. Like those two have been dogs in Baltimore. Um, Jadeveon Clowney is having one of the best seasons of his career this year, and he was signed in like the middle of the season. I feel like, it, I, like, was he even there for the joint practices, Anthony, when we were up in Baltimore or when I was up in Baltimore? Was Clowney even on the team yet? I don't think so. I don't think so either. And he's had like legitimately one of the best. He had a double digit sack season, and so you take these guys that are super duper talented, but. You know, Kyle Van Noy signed off the couch in the middle of the season. Like, obviously, Anthony Weaver, their D-line coach, who's also getting interviewed by Washington, um, is is a is a role to play in that. But you talk about the ability to just be precise in your execution at all levels, all players, and and a clear vision of like who your personnel is and how you want to build it. I think those I think McDonald and Johnson coordinate two units that specifically have done that well. And then for Raheem, like, I just think he has a great global understanding of football. A guy that's worked with Kyle, worked with Sean, like, worked with some of the innovative offensive minds, has coached offense and done it pretty well. Coached defense at a tremendously high level for a long time. And if we're being honest, if he didn't get that head coaching job in Tampa, which was just a terrible job and he was way too young for it and all that kind of stuff, he would have had a head coaching job by now again. So you're getting a guy that's kind of overdue based off merit. And I think Raheem Morris is is right there for me because you just just an incredible person and and dynamic personality that absolutely would do a great job leading any organization. I I really hope Raheem gets a job this time around. All right, when we get back here on the Hoffman Show, thanks for all the calls again on this Vibe Check Tuesday on the Ace Law Listener Line. If you're in Iraq, Ace Law helps you get a check. You call eighty eight. 88 Ace Law. When we get back, though, Michael Phillips joins us for his weekly visit on the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live on the free Odyssey app and streaming live on YouTube.